0: Welcome to the Fertility Podcast, episode six of season two, every day this week, National Fertility Awareness Week, UK 2015, the 2nd to the 8th of November. Uh, I'm putting out an episode and we're going to be speaking in a moment to Susan Sinan, who has been a guest in season one several times. For the fertility podcast she's the chief executive of infertility network uk and she's also co-chair of fertility fairness now susan's spoken to me previously about the postcode lottery which you can see in season one if you've just ventured into looking uh, at how you're going to have fertility treatments and you're looking at whether you're eligible on the nhs you might be quite surprised to know that it's determined by where you live which isn't right And there's a whole load of campaigning going on to have some kind of regulation in the UK. However, there are councils who are getting rid of their funding. They don't feel it's necessary. And there's quite a lot that's been written about this. And Susan's going to talk more. So let's catch up with her. So welcome to another episode of the Fertility Podcast. Every day this week for National Fertility Awareness Week, you're getting an episode and we're catching up with a bit of a regular guest to the podcast, Susan Seenan, who's not only the chief exec of infertility network uk but also co-chair of fertility fairness welcome back to the podcast susan thank you natalie it's nice to be back well we spoke last time in season one about the postcode lottery and we're kind of going to touch on that again because it rumbles on this whole issue of depending on where you live it affects the access you have to nhs funding for fertility treatments just want to talk a little bit to you about something that came up in the media last week the call for a national tariff which Victoria Derbyshire was talking about on her program now this is something that fertility fairness are keen in some ways to see put in place just tell me your take on it
1: yes the call for a national tariff has been around for a very long time and it's something which fertility fairness has um, always been quite happy to support and the reason behind that is If CCGs are paying double for a cost of a cycle compared to some other CCGs, then technically, if they paid less, they could, theoretically anyway do double the amount of cycles, so twice the amount of people could have IVF treatment for the same money. You know, we've always felt that the CCGs perhaps don't really understand what they're paying for when it comes to a fertility cycle, and we'd like to help them understand that better and to help them commission their IVF treatment in a better way so that everybody gets the best value for money, and ultimately patients then benefit by getting more cycles.
0: Because am I right in saying that... Some of the CCGs are paying more for an NHS funded cycle than an individual would pay privately.
1: Well, the data which um, Fertility Fairness released for National Fertility Awareness Week confirms that some CCGs are paying less than £3,000 for a cycle and some CCGs are paying more than £3,000 for a cycle. Um, and this is an NHS cycle of treatment. So there's a huge variation in cost. And I don't think, you know, we're not qualified to say what a cycle should cost. But I think for, you know, anybody looking at the data, it's quite clear that it shouldn't cost double in some areas. Um, and more than double sometimes. So I think, um, I think there's, there's definitely scope to look at what's being charged. Um, and what the CCGs are paying and see if there is something which can be done so that ultimately patients end up benefiting from more treatment. What do you think
0: it would take for that information to literally be laid down that uh, a basic IVF cycle requires X amount of drugs and should cost this much and to get that out to all the CCGs and get them to actually look at it and consider it?
1: um i think it i think it takes a national campaign you know I, I, and i think it would need everybody to get behind this and agree that it is a good thing to do um and try to get the ccgs to take notice of it but i think what we have to remember is that we have a national health service and we have national guidance for the provision of fertility treatment on the nhs and actually the ccgs don't have to pay any attention to that so i suspect that even if even with all the calls for a national tariff, it could well be that the CCGs actually won't pay much attention to it anyway. You know, unless the the government actually steps in and says, no, you will you, you will actually do something about this.
0: Right. That's what I was going to ask. Why don't they pay attention when there is a national kind of board that has advised women under 40 should have access to three cycles and only what is it, 38 of the 209 CCGs actually offer this?
1: It's ridiculous. You know, we've we've had the NICE guidance for many years. It was updated in 2013. NICE came out with their quality standard in 2014, which reinforced the call for up to three cycles for women under 40 um, and added in one cycle for some women aged 40 to 42. Where it all falls down is that the CCGs don't have to follow the NICE guidance. The CCGs can decide on their own local priorities, so they don't have to follow the guidance because it is only guidance, it's not mandatory. So for years we have been trying to find a way to, to make it obligatory for the CCGs to follow the guidance. And it's just not happening. You know, It doesn't seem to matter who we speak to, what we do we get the same answer back, well, NICE is only guidance and the CCGs don't have to follow it because they set their own budgets, they decide on their own local priorities. And this is where it um, really falls down because the CCGs don't understand that fertility treatment actually should be made a priority. They they just don't see the impact. They They don't see that funding up to three cycles is good cost and clinically effective treatment to offer they don't see the the implications of not offering in terms of the the ad, the stress um and the emotional impact which can then lead people to seek other services like mental health services and help for depression um because we all know the impact of infertility but Sadly, the CCGs just don't seem to understand it. Is there any likelihood of them looking at a
0: country like Canada, who are now looking to offer much more with regards to funding for fertility treatment?
1: There's lots of countries they could look at. Um, I mean, Canada could be one of them. Belgium is a very good model. Um, They offer a very good NHS provision, at a very reasonable price to the the state. Um, They don't even have to go as far as that. They can look at Scotland. In Scotland, we had um, the government step in and decide that they had to end the inequalities a couple of years ago. They invested some money to bring the waiting times down and now everybody in Scotland accesses two full cycles um, if they fit the eligibility criteria and the eligibility criteria are standard. And the national group in Scotland is currently looking at the possibility of increasing the two cycles now to three now that we've got the waiting times down. But at least it's a level playing field. In Wales, it's the same. Everybody's treated the same, although it's not perfect. Northern Ireland's not so good because you only have access to one cycle um, and one frozen embryo transfer. But again, there's no postcode lottery. So if you live in Northern Ireland, everybody's treated the same. So the rest of the devolved nations actually at least have equity of access. They maybe don't have perfect access but they have equity of access. And what we have in England is a completely inequitable service and it's, it's totally unfair. You should never, ever have to rely on um, your postcode to determine whether you can access treatment for a health condition.
0: It must be so frustrating for, for you guys in particular because it's at the forefront of what you're campaigning about. And especially in light of what we're now seeing is CCGs actually openly saying they're stopping funding
1: completely. That's right. It's um, it's massively frustrating. Um, it's been frustrating for a very long time. And over the last couple of months, we've seen two of the CCGs in Essex cut their funding entirely. Um, there are another two CCGs at the moment consulting as to whether they will cut their provision and What's very worrying is that other CCGs we feel may decide to follow suit. So, I mean, we're, we're not being complacent. We're doing, we're doing lots. We're always doing lots around about this. If anybody um, has been affected by the postcode lottery and wants to do something about it, they can write to their MP. They can write to the Secretary of State for Health. They can get in touch with either Infertility Network UK or Fertility Fairness um, and let us know what their story is. Um, and I think the more patients who actually try to do something and make this public, the better. However, I do know that it's very difficult for people sometimes to talk openly about this because it's such a private issue. Um, and this sometimes is what the CCGs tell us. They tell us, well, the patients are not complaining about it. And they're not complaining about it because they find it very, very difficult to talk about such a private and such an emotional subject.
0: Well, we're going to put, as we have done before, all the links to Fertility Fairness's website. There's templates for how you can lobby your MP, because if it is an issue of you wanting to stay anonymous with your kind of close family and friends, nobody needs to know what you're doing. But and I know from personal experience with Susan, Fertility Fairness, will help you um, get get your kind of point across and help you if you've, like Susan said, if you've got a story that you want to get out there. So don't let that hold you back because like you say, the more of us that can shout about it and it's such an injustice, then hopefully... We can kind of be power in numbers.
1: We can help um, anybody who, who wants to talk public about it. We do have template letters um, on both the websites, which people can download and send off. Um, we have some links up at the moment suggesting people just tweet their MP, which is even easier than, than writing a letter. So if all you want to do is tweet your MP, then you can do that. There are a couple of consultations, which are available on the Fertility Fairness and INUK website and facebook pages and we're asking people to take a couple of minutes fill in those consultations from a patient perspective so that the ccgs can't actually say they're not being told by patients that this is a priority um and th- th- the more the more people that can help with this then i think the more chance we have of actually turning this round and and making the ccgs listen to us um, and making yeah. fertility a priority for them
0: All right, well, let's give it our best shot. Let's see if we can get everybody listening to the Fertility Podcast to go and, and at least fill in what you've said. So we'll put the details on the show notes. Susan, thank you again. And of course, it's National Fertility Awareness Week. You're going to be at the fertility show at the end of the week.
1: We are, yes. We're, we will be there Saturday and Sunday at the fertility show at Olympia. Um, and during National Fertility Awareness Week, we're asking people to, to do something just to help raise awareness. doesn't matter what it is, but just get on board and do something to join in. The fact that we, we need to talk more about fertility issues, we need to, to, to make it more um, open, so that people don't feel embarrassed about discussing the fact that they have a fertility problem, Um, and just raise awareness of the whole emotional impact, the physical impact, the impact it has on men, because that's not talked about enough, Um, and also the need for people to understand more about um, fertility education, about the things that can actually impact on the fertility, so yes, lots going on this week.
0: All right, well Susan, thank you again for your time, I know it's a busy time, and I Enjoy your time at the Fertility Show and we'll speak again. Thank you.
1: Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you.
0: Bye. So really interesting stuff as always from Susan and all the links to Fertility Fairness and how you can get the templates of how you can lobby your MP, they're all going to be on the show notes. So you need to go to thefertilitypodcast.com forward slash season two ep six make sure you have subscribed to the podcast. You can do it on iTunes, Stitcher or Spreaker and also at com website. You can let me know what you think, info at com, or you can leave reviews in any of those places that I mentioned because that means this podcast gets a bit more traction, a bit more people find it. We've got people all over the world listening and I'm trying my hardest to help you have a place that you can just talk and you can hear people talking about fertility issues if you want to tell your story again info at the fertilitypodcast.com now tomorrow we're going to be talking about your mindset with a really interesting lady who's actually been in the in the national press Um, she's called Alexia and she has a podcast called the fear-free childbirth podcast and she's just been featured in the daily mail and the sun because of a petition that she's put out against channel four's one born every minute she says it's not a fair depiction of childbirth and she focuses on positive birthing stories now we haven't looked at birth on the fertility podcast before because our focus has been on getting pregnant but it's still relevant obviously because it's the outcome that everybody on their fertility journey wants So don't miss Alexia tomorrow. If you want to listen to more of the podcast uh, in general, not just this week, just go to thefertilitypodcast.com and you can sign up, you can subscribe. All the ways of uh, how you can contact me are online. So see you tomorrow.